Welcome to the one-year journey through the Holy Bible. Let's pray to the Holy Spirit to open our minds and hearts to understand and live the Word of God. Holy Spirit, come to my mind, my heart, and my spirit, so that as I read your Word, let me understand, know, and love you better. Bless me to be a faithful disciple to apply your Word to my life. Make me a light shining upon all those who are in darkness. As I read the Word of God, enlighten my mind and enkindle my heart with the deeper love for you and the people around me. Today we'll be reading Genesis chapter 39 to 42. Chapter 39, Joseph's Temptation. When Joseph was taken down to Egypt, an Egyptian, Pontifer, an official of Pharaoh and his chief steward, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he enjoyed great success and was assigned to the household of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and brought him success in whatever he did, he favored Joseph and made him his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his household and entrusted to him all his possessions. From the moment that he put him in charge of the household and all of his possessions, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The Lord's blessing was on everything he owned, both inside the house and out. Having left everything he owned in Joseph's charge, he gave no thought with Joseph there to anything but the food he ate. Now Joseph was well built and handsome. After a time, his master's wife looked at him with longing and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, as long as I'm here, my master does not give a thought to anything in this house, but has entrusted to me all that he owns. He has no more authority in this house than I do. He has withheld from me nothing but you, since you are his wife. How then could I do this great wrong and sin against God? Although she spoke to him day after day, he would not agree to lie with her, or even be near her. On such day, when Joseph came into the house to do his work, and none of the household servants were then in the house, she laid hold of his cloak and said, Lie with me. But leaving the cloak in her hand, he escaped and ran outside. When she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand as he escaped outside, she cried out to to her household servants and told them, Look, my husband has brought us a Hebrew man to mock us. He came in here to lie with me, but I cried out loudly. When he heard me scream, he left his cloak beside me and escaped to run outside. She kept the cloak with her until his master came home. And she told him the same story. The Hebrew slave whom you brought us came to me to amuse himself at my expense. But when I screamed, he left his cloak beside me and escaped outside. When the master heard his wife's story in which she reported, Thus and so your servant did to me, he became enraged. Joseph's master seized him and put him into jail where the king's prisoner was confined. And there he sat in jail. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him kindness by making the chief jailer well disposed towards him. The chief jailer put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners in the jail. Everything that had to be done there, he was the one to do it. The chief jailer did not have to look after anything that was in Joseph's charge, since the Lord was with him and was bringing success to whatever he was doing. (coughs) Chapter 40 The dreams interpreted. Sometime afterward, the royal cupbearer 
and Baker offended their lord, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer cup and the chief baker, and he put them both in custody in the house of the chief steward, the same jail where Joseph was confined. The chief steward assigned Joseph to them, and he became their attendant. After they had been in custody for some time, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the jail, both had dreams on the same night, each his own dream, and each dream with its own meaning. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they looked disturbed, so he asked Pharaoh's officials who were with him, in custody in his master's house, Why do you look so troubled today? They answered him, We have had dreams. But there is no one to interpret them. Joseph said to them, Do interpretations not come from God? Please tell me the dreams. Then the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. In my dream, he said, I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine there were three branches. It had barely budded when its blossoms came out, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, so I took the grapes, pressed them out into his cup, and put it in Pharaoh's hand. Joseph said to him, This is its interpretation. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will single you out and restore you to your post. You will be handing Pharaoh his cup as you formerly did when you were his cupbearer. Only think of me when all is well with you, and please do the great favor of mentioning me to Pharaoh to get me out of this place. The truth is that I was kidnapped from the land of Hebrews, and I have not done anything here that they should have put me into a dungeon. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to him, I too had a dream. In it I had three bread baskets on my head. In the top one there was all kinds of bakery products for the pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. Joseph said to him in reply, This is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will single you out and will impale you on a stake, and the birds will be eating your flesh. And so on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, when he gave a banquet to all his servants, he singled out the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the midst of his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his office, so that he again handed the cup to Pharaoh. But the chief baker he impaled, just as Joseph had told him in his interpretation. Yet the chief cupbearer did not think of Joseph, he forgot him. Chapter 41 Pharaoh's Dream After a lapse of two years, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the Nile. When up out of the Nile came seven cows, fine-looking and fat, they grazed in the reed grass. Behind them, seven other cows, poor-looking and gaunt, came up out of the Nile and they stood on the bank of the Nile beside the others. The poor-looking got cows devoured the seven fine-looking fat cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep again and had another dream. He saw seven ears of grain, fat and healthy, growing on a single stalk. Behind them sprouted seven ears of grain, thin and scorched by the east wind, and the thin ears swallowed up the seven fat, healthy ears. Then Pharaoh woke up. It was a dream. Next morning, his mind was ab agitated. So Pharaoh had all the magicians and sages of Egypt summoned and recounted his dream to them, but there was no one who could interpret it for him. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Now I remember my negligence. Once, when Pharaoh was angry with his servants, 
he put me and the chief baker in custody in the house of the chief steward. Later, we both had dreams on the same night, and each of our dreams had its own meaning. There was a Hebrew youth with us, a slave of the chief steward, and when we told him our dreams, he interpreted them for us and explained for each of us the meaning of its dream. Things turned out just as he had told us. I was restored to my post, but the other man was impaled. Pharaoh therefore had Joseph summoned, and then they hurriedly brought him from the dungeon. After he shaved and changed his clothes, he came to Pharaoh. Pharaoh then said to Joseph, I had a dream, but there was no one to interpret it. But I, but I hear it said of you, if he hears a dream, he can interpret it. It is not I, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God who will respond for the well-being of Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, In my dream, I was standing on the bank of the Nile. When up from the Nile came seven cows, fat and well-formed, they grazed in the reed grass. Behind them came seven other cows, scrawny, most ill-formed and gaunt. Never have I seen such bad specimens of these in all the land of Egypt. The gaunt, bad cows devoured the first seven fat cows, but when they had consumed them, no one could tell what No one could tell that they had done so because they looked as bad as before. Then I woke up. In another dream, I saw seven ears of grain, full and healthy, growing on a single stalk. Behind them sprouted seven ears of grain, shriveled and thin and scorched by the east wind, and the seven ears swallowed up the seven healthy ears. I have spoken to the magicians, but there is no one to explain this to me. Joseph said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's dream has the same meaning. God has made it known to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven healthy cows are seven years, and the seven healthy ears are seven years, the same in each dream. The seven thin bad cows that came up after them are seven years, as are the seven thin ears scorched by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. Things are just as I told Pharaoh. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are now coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will uprise them after that, when all the abundance will be forgotten in the land of Egypt, when the famine has exhausted the land. No trace of the abundance will be found in the land because of the famine that follows it, for it will be very severe. That Pharaoh had the same dream twice means that the matter has been confirmed by God and that God will soon bring it about. Therefore, let Pharaoh seek out a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh act and appoint overseers for the land to organize it during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these coming good years, gathering the grain under Pharaoh's authority, for food in the cities, and they should guard it. This food will serve as a reserve for the country against the seven years of famine that will occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish in the famine. This advice pleased the Pharaoh and all of his servants. Could we find another like him? Pharaoh asked his servants, a man so endowed with the Spirit of God. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one as discerning and wise as you are. You shall be in charge of my household, and all the people will obey your command. Only in respect to the throne will I outrank you. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Look, I put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. With that, Pharaoh took off his signet ring and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine 
linen and put a gold chain around his neck. Then he had him ride in his second chariot, and they shouted a break before him. Thus was Joseph installed all over the whole land of Egypt. I am Pharaoh, he told Joseph, but without your approval no one shall lift hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh also bestowed the name of Zaphath Paniah on Joseph, and he gave him in marriage to Asthina, the daughter of Pontipharah, a priest of Heliopolis. And Joseph went out over the land of Egypt. Joseph was thirty years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. After Joseph left Pharaoh, he went throughout the land of Egypt. During the seven years of plenty, when the land produced abundant crops, he collected all the food of these years of plenty that the land of Egypt was enjoying and stored it in the cities, placing in each city the crops of the fields around it. Joseph collected grain like the sands of the sea, so much that at last he stopped measuring it, for it was beyond measure. Before the famine year set in, Joseph became the father of two sons, born to him by Esthenia, daughter of Pontiphora, the priest of Heliopolis. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh, meaning God has made me forgot entirely my troubles and my father's house, and the second he named Ephraim, meaning God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. When the seven years of abundance enjoyed by the land of Egypt came to an end, the seven years of famine set in, just as Joseph had said. Although there was famine in all the other countries, food was available throughout the land of Egypt. When all the land of Egypt became hungry and the people cried to Pharaoh for food, Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph and do whatever he tells you. When the famine had spread throughout the land, Joseph opened all the cities that had grain and rationed it to the Egyptians, since the famine had gripped the land of Egypt. Instead, the whole world came to in, indeed, the whole world came to Egypt to Joseph to buy grain, for famine had gripped the whole world. Chapter 42 The Brothers' First Journey to Egypt When Jacob learned that grain rations were for sale in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why do you keep looking at one another? He went on, I hear that grain is for sale in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us, that we may stay alive and not die. So ten of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers, for he thought some disaster might befall him. And so the sons of Israel were among those who came to buy grain, since there was famine in the land of Canaan. Joseph, as the governor of the country, was the one who sold grain to all the people of the land. When Joseph's brothers came, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. He recognized them as soon as he saw them, but he concealed his own identity from them and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from? he asked them. They answered, from the land of Canaan to buy food. When Joseph recognized his brothers, although they did not recognize him, he was reminded of the dreams he had about them. He said to them, you are spies. You have come to see the weak points of the land. No, my lord, they replied. On the contrary, your servants have come to buy food. All of us are sons of the same man. We are honest men. Your servants have never been spies. But he answered them, Not so. It is the weak points of the land that you have come to see. We, your servants, they said, are twelve brothers. 
sons of a certain man in Canaan, but the youngest one is present with our father, and the other one is no more. It is just as I have said, Joseph persisted, you are spies. This is how you shall be tested. I swear by the life of the Pharaoh that you shall not leave here until your youngest brother comes here. So they sent one so send one of your number to get your brother, while the rest of you stay here under arrest. Thus will your words be trusted or tested with their truth. If they are untrue, as Pharaoh lives, you are spies. With that he locked them up in the guardhouse for three days. On the third day Joseph said to them, Do this, and you shall live, for I am a God fearing man. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined in this prison while the rest of you go and take home grain for your starving families. But you must bring me your youngest brother. Your words will thus be verified and you will not die. To this they agreed. To one another, however, they said, Truly, we are being punished because of our brother. We saw the anguish of his hearts when he pleaded with us, yet we would not listen. That is why this anguish has now come upon us. Then Reuben responded, Did I not tell you, do no wrong to the boy, but you would not listen? Now comes the reckoning for his blood. They do not know, of course, that Joseph understood what they said, since he spoke with them through an interpreter. But turning away from them, he wept. When he was was able to speak to them again, he took Simon from among them and bound bound him before their eyes. Then Joseph gave orders to have their containers filled with grain, their money replaced with each one's sack, and provisions given them for their journey. After this had been done to them, they loaded their donkeys with the grain and departed. At the night encampment, when one of them opened his bag to give his donkey some fodder, he saw his money in there in the mouth of the bag. He cried out to his brothers, My money has been returned. Here it is in my bag. At this their hearts sank. Trembling, they asked one another, What is this that God has done to us? When they got back to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them. The man, who was the lord of the land, they said, spoke to us harshly and put us in custody on the grounds that we were spying on the land. But we said to him, We are honest men, and we have never been spies. We are twelve brothers, the sons of the same father, but one is no more, and the youngest is now with their father in the land of Canaan. Then the man who is the lord of the land said to us, This is how I will know if you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers with me, then take grain for your starving families and go. When you bring me your youngest brother, and I know that you are not spies, but honest men, I will restore your brother to you, and you may move about freely in the land. When they were emptying their sacks, there was each one sack was his money bag. At the sight of their money bags, they and their father were afraid. Their father Jacob said, Must you make me childless? Joseph is no more, Simon is no more, and now you would have to take Benjamin away. All these things have happened to me. Then Reuben told his father, You may kill my own two sons if I do not return him to you. Put him in my care, and I will bring him back to you. But Jacob replied, My son shall not go with you. Now that his brother is dead, he is the only one left. If some disaster should befall on his journey, that you must make, you will send me, you would send me my white head down to shoal in grief.